Welcome back to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum on the Ruminations Radio Network. I am your host today, Brendan, the New Blood. Or if we're going by my uh, name in the chat, I am Fart the Clown. Um, Fart the Clown. <laughs> uh, today, I am here with the singular, it is just he and I, Kyle, with the gay. Brennan, did you cover up your camera so you don't I, look at yourself? Uh, no, I you am gotta staring. Cover it up. Open, up a, open up a notepad and then just put the notepad over the camera or your little, you know, your picture of yourself. It's going to work wonders, I tell you, because you're going to stare at yourself because you're very vain, probably like I am. So you're going <laughs> to stare at yourself the entire episode. And okay. I am. I'm, I'm officially covered. It's, it's, it's life changing, isn't it? It is. It is. Oh, I'm, I'm doing good, that. Brendan. How are you? Chilling. Chilling. Yeah, there's Tuesday? about there's uh about to be a thunderstorm outside, so that might get picked up here. That would be pretty dope. That would be very uh on point for this spooky movie. Ooh, terrified! I'm terrified. <laughs> I uh have been indulging in some musicals. I'm a big musical oh. fan. I know that's not on point for this cast. <laughs> that, that's but, probably um, the the farthest opposite you could go. Yeah. But I finally watched a musical that is near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. It's a big one. Singing in the Rain. And um, it's my first time watching it. And just a little bit of backstory. I love musicals. I'm a sappy, hopeless romantic. I love all that kind of bullshit. Um, And this movie delivers. it. So... First of all, for a premise for a musical, it is a brilliant idea to take place in the 20s. And it's basically the turn of when films were no longer silent movies anymore. And they started to make them, you know, have have audio. And that alone, to set that as a backdrop to making like one of the first musicals is a really good idea. And um, it's just, it's a great film. The songs hit. Um, it's not, on Letterboxd, it has like almost a five um, with a lot of people. But I have to say, I gave it a four and a half. And my only um, criticism with it as, from a personal thing is I don't feel like the romantic relationship of the two main characters really hit for me. But... Um, Everything else is just absolutely amazing. Like the cor- like the, the choreography is awesome, the songs are awesome, uh, the cinematography is awesome. It's all great. Um, and it holds is, up. Is, is it an American film? It is. It is. Okay, so basically, what you're saying is, uh, in regards to the transition of silent movies to, you know, movies with sound, when they're saying the hills are alive with the sound of music, they're implying the Hollywood hills are alive with the sound of music. Sure. Not the same movie, but <laughs> also wait, another one. Wait. Yeah, no, the hills are, we, are alive with isn't the sound that, of music. That's not singing in the rain. Oh, that's, Jesus Christ. I thought we were talking about the sound of music this whole time. Not, no, I, but that's another one. I, that's another one I still have to see, actually. Oh, so, Jesus. I haven't Christ. seen that either. Yeah, you said you said musicals, and I was gonna make us okay. I love singing in the rain. Singing in the rain is fucking amazing. You sure you're thinking of the right movie? (laughs) I am. Yes, with with the tap dancing, with with the tap dancing, a lot of tap dancing. Yeah, great fucking um, movie. Yeah, the 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 scene where it's uh Gene Kelly is that Mm -hmm. that that's the guy. Um, the scene where he's uh doing the the infamous you know tapping in the rain. Um. That's one of my favorite scenes in a movie musical. Yeah, I love that. My one of my favorite scenes is when like he's kind of dancing with the girl at the party towards the end. It's like the mm-hmm. long dress and it's flowing. And he's like, he's like kind of doing the dance in between the flow of the dress and stuff. It's really cool. It's filmed really cool. Um, and then I also watched La La Land again. Um, I own it on 4K. What's your problem with La La Land? 
man, it's just such like a studio movie. It th- there's there, there's nothing inherently wrong with it. I've never seen it honestly, so I I can't even really shit on it. But it's just there's certain movies that I will stay very far away from because I just know that it's nothing but a big studio movie. And there may be some good artistic merits to it, but they're just movies that I would prefer that I don't care to watch. Things like that. Um, something like uh, Green Book, you know, just things that have big Hollywood money behind them that are made to be um, uh, award movies, basically. I mean, that's singing in the rain, though. That is a huge Hollywood film. But just the, okay, so. La La Land is probably one of my favorite films of all time. And I think that a lot of people probably are down on it for the same reason that you are. Um, Because a lot of the reviews that I've seen is like, oh, you know, it's overhyped. I don't get it. It's uh, like kind of the tangent you just kind of went off on. But like it is the film part of it aside, like this, like the actual like cinematography, like aside. it's such a well-written love story and the songs are so good. Like if you're into musicals, it's, it's up there, dude. It's, I can't see anybody rating it lower than a four. Like it doesn't make sense to me, but, um, I think I actually recently just saw this, uh, comment by like Martin Scorsese. I think, I, I don't know the guy who hates Marvel movies or whatever, Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> the guy, the guy who hates fun. Yeah, yeah, the guy who hates fun. He said something on the lines of, like, a movie doesn't change, you change. And so, like, you, I know, I know. But hear me out. I feel like that this movie is made for a lot of different people, but I think it's going to hit way differently depending on, like, the time of life that you're in and the, like, experiences that you've had and the relationships that you may or may not have kind of gone through. It's, I don't know, man. It's really good. It's really, really good. I would encourage you to watch it, even if you don't think you're going to like it, which at this point you don't, but I would encourage you to watch it because it's really, really good. It's really good. It's one of my favorites. Do you, do you think being from L.A. gives you a sort of like a leg up of enjoyment on it? A little bit because it does kind of it, – it, it glamorizes that whole, that whole thing, you know, being like – Everybody who doesn't live in California is like, oh, man, California is so great. I wish I could move to California. I love California. It's like that film is almost like um, it's it's kind of filmed in a way of like glorifying that perspective of the people that don't live there. Mm-hmm. And they want to move there because it's the place to be. It's perfect in every way. And then it kind of explores that path where, you know, they find that or at least um, – she finds out that it may not be the best thing. So spoilers. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, I, I think you should watch it just being in a film. And I don't think you're going to like it as much as me, but I, I also do really, really love musicals. It's like probably my second favorite genre outside of horror, which is kind okay. of ironic, but yeah, it's, it's good stuff. But all right. Those are the I, two I, that I've been I get behind it. I've also been getting into PC gaming again. So I've kind of turned off my consoles. They're kind of collecting dust, and I've just been playing a lot of PC games lately. But I, I haven't turned on my PlayStation in over a month. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I checked my friends list, and it said that you were online like 27 days ago or something like that. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? <laughs> but what have you been up to, Brandon? Um, well, first thing, I'm going to turn my light on because... Nobody can see you? Yeah. That honestly doesn't help, and it kind of looks like that you're in... Um, like a Taliban video. No, um, if you can see, just give it a few seconds. Uh, my light needs time to uh, work itself up to full capacity. Sure. The the three and a half window in front of you or something like. Yeah, the window's open, but it's uh, overcast because it's about to storm. Yeah. So it looks beautiful from my point of view. I will say sure it does. Um, yeah, we'll take your word for it. <laughs> what have I been watching? Um, okay, so I let's see. Oh, I watched Orphan First Kill. Oh, talk to me about that. I did not enjoy it whatsoever. I loved the first one. Um, this just, 
the big thing for, I gave it a two on Letterboxd. Um, the big thing for me is since they're now using an actor who's 23 years old as compared to when she was like, I think 11 or 12 when they first filmed it, uh, she's gotten a lot taller. So the scenes where you don't need to see her face, they put <clears throat> an eight year old child in her spot for the shot. So like 50% of the shots, it's not even the main girl, which, which would be fine. But the build of the girl that they got to be the stand in for the faceless shots, it's, it's so obviously an eight year old girl and it just looks, okay. I have questions. Okay. I have questions already. So okay. as somebody who's never seen the first orphan, I haven't mm -hmm. seen it. Okay. Um, this sequel, is she supposed to be a little girl still? This is the prequel to the 2008 first or whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. So she's supposed to be younger than but she also, was. But also, you know what? The Since you just like you, she's 20-something years old. You just also said the subtitle. It's, it's not even her first kill. They make it known when the first fucking therapist gets to the the asylum for wacky crazy children um that uh no it's just a regular asylum um but what? they make it known that she's a very dangerous person and has killed before so it's not even the first fucking kill gotcha um what was the question that you asked i don't know i got sidetracked <laughs> with wacky crazy children <laughs> what you said <laughs> you're canceled by the way uh, um yeah. i forgot to, okay so she so she's supposed to be younger than in the first movie, right? Uh, but but she looks you, do, older. How did they justify this? Do do you care if I um? Spoil I care more the for the movie? audience. Okay, if, well I don't care about the audience. No, I'm kidding. Uh, this <laughs> this movie is over ten years old. I think that we've surpassed the the spoiler barrier. That's okay. So guys and yeah. and gals, guys, gals, and all. All in between. Go ahead and tune out for the next 30 seconds. Go. Yeah. If if you don't want orphans spoiled. Um, so she's actually a 35-year-old woman who has pr proportional dwarfism. So she looks like an eight-year-old, but she's actually like a fucking rough and tumbled Lithuanian gal who's in her mid-30s. Whoa, not what I was expecting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Interesting. And welcome back. Um, so, uh, so, so for that reason that I just explained in the spoiler break, um, that is a way of them justifying, I think, um, that that's a way that it can feel justified of how she looks now, how but she looks. It still doesn't what? make sense though. Cause like, if you watch it in chronological order, it's going to be jarring, right? Like it's going to be like. Yeah. And, you know, they, they said that they didn't do any digital de-aging to her face, but I find that really hard to believe because it, this is going to be a deep cut reference. Um, some of the shots of her face in First Kill look like the uh, 20th anniversary re-release of E.T. when they did the full CG E.T. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, it, I know what you're it, talking about. It, it just looks so unbelievably altered sure yeah and they and they use this god-awful lord of the rings forced perspective shit and it's just it's so william brent bell what are you doing what are you doing jesus christ yeah i was um, kind of getting excited to watch orphan to watch first kill because just because the community the whole horror community was really excited about it um yeah. and then i've i've been seeing you know the kind of the kind of reviews and stuff and i'm just like eh, maybe i can skip it. it it's a i i recommend the first orphan the first one is fantastic the second one is basically beat for beat almost exactly similar gotcha okay yeah um but uh just the other the the three other things i just wanted to touch on super quick since um the embargo has been lifted uh i covered aero videos Fright Fest 2022 uh, for Horror Obsessive. And um, the three of the films were absolutely spectacular. Um, one of them is called Pussy Cake, which is an Argentinian um, 
That's what they used uh, to call me in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, doing the Google searches for images um, when I was doing that article, <laughs> I had to turn safe search on because I just kept getting photos of cakes in the shape of vaginas. And I was like, yeah, makes, cool, I mean, I'm happy sense. for you. But like, come on. Um, uh, it's an all-female rock group that basically goes to a town for a venue. Everyone in the town is uh vomit zombies basically and then there's this whole crazy like alien subplot it's so fun it's yeah i'm in dude um the other movie the other two movies um one of them's called sorry about the demon which i can't tell if it's too similar to a ghost waits or if it's different enough to exist as its own entity but still get compared to it um but it is Which ways it is um one of the finest horror i'm not a huge horror comedy fan but it is one of the yeah, finest horror comedies that's not like a flat-out parody or homage to something um i got you it's it's a it's a really fun movie um but the last movie I need to talk about, which is now contending with um, We're All Going to the World's Fair as my favorite festival film of the year. Uh, it's called... <laughs> it's called Everyone Will Burn, um, but the actual, the actual title is um, Yo Todos Ardoran, A-R-D-E-R-A-N. Um, it's a uh, sp Spanish horror film about this forlorn mother whose uh, child committed suicide at age 12 because he was a um, a little person. And in this overly religious town, he was getting incessantly bullied for how he looked. Um, so at the very beginning of the film, uh, this is in the trailer, so not spoiling anything. At the very beginning of the film, she goes to jump off of a bridge to commit suicide. but another little person approaches her saying that she's basically the soul of her dead son. And um, one of the most impressive firewalk stunts I have ever seen in a film. Um, it looks so unsafe. Like I, I was completely taken aback by it, um, but it's fantastic religious horror. Um, and it has uh, Macarena Gomez who plays um who is in 30 coins 30 she coins. plays yeah. um yeah she plays the wife um oh fuck i'm forgetting her name now um but basically she's the one of the mayor right yes the mayor's wife yeah yeah um so basically this movie is i'm using it as the bridge between season 1 and 2 of 30 coins because this feels like an extended episode of 30 coins um and i think that that may have you know put a little bias on my love for this movie um because of how much i how much i like 30 coins but um whenever you get the chance anyone to watch that movie i cannot recommend it enough i'm sold on all three of those movies but yeah just 30 coins is absolutely fantastic i love that show thank you for turning that on to me because it is right up my fucking alley like it is a kyle show through and through i love it um I can't wait for season two. So uh, it looks like a either a couple weeks ago or a month ago they wrapped uh, filming on season two. So very excited about that. HBO Max ain't getting this one. <laughs> yeah, Fucking I'm very bitches. excited about that. So, um, but today, oh, uh, were you gonna say something? No. Okay. Um, the movie that we are discussing today is a 2016 film. So let's uh, just take a quick jump into that time machine to, to talk about some 2016 movies. 2016 was a year. It's a great it? year. It's a great year. It was. Um, a very uh, interesting um, year for films. Uh, were there any movies from that year that really stuck out to you? I'm glad you asked. Um, the couple that kind of, that I enjoyed a lot, um, Hush was amazing, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, I think it was pretty overlooked, but I think now it's kind of caught up now that um, 
who's the director again? I'm sorry. Uh, Flanagan. Yeah, I think now that Flanagan has grown in popularity, people have gone back and watched Hush now, and it's it's established as a good film. And I think it's a good film. Um, 10 Cloverfield Lane, just because the acting is superb in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really like the anthology film The Void. I thought The Void was fantastic. Do you like The Void? Yeah, I, I didn't think that was an anthology film, was it? It is, kind of, yeah. Like, like it's a few stories that kind of interweave within oh, one okay. another yeah in that Good. aspect i guess the, the um, guys who did that who did that are the guys that did uh pg psycho gorman are they i do believe so interesting yeah i know a lot of the people that did like the void and vhs they're in like abcs of death like it almost like they kind of roll together like um i like that yeah yeah they all kind of like make shit together which is cool um oh the eyes of my mother I love that movie. Oh, we did an episode on it. We did go check it out. We did an episode on it. Um, I'm definitely probably the most hot on that film in within the three of us for sure. But I really, really like that movie. And uh, I mean, there's a quite a bit. What about you? Um, uh, one movie that that really sticks out for me. I remember being floored by this movie. Uh, we are the flesh. Never seen it. Which has um, uh, what, what is it? Uh, si- unsimulated sex in it. So like, phys- so it has actual penetration. Um, Sick. It's, but but it, it that's the only reason why that movie really sticks out. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a uh, there's Raw. I don't know if you saw that. I was a big fan of that. No, have not seen Raw. Actually, yeah. it's on my but, list. A, co- a couple of these movies are on my list for this year for sure. Um, Rob Zombie's Thirty One. Haven't Rob seen Zombie's Thirty One. Okay, it's, uh, it's the only ones I haven't seen. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn Refn's The Neon Demon. That's a, a particular uh, movie that's top on my list. I don't know if you've seen that one. Haven't. Um, haven't. Oh, uh, Conjuring Two. Conjuring Two. I really and I I think that I like the first Conjuring a little bit more. Um, than the second one but um i loved how that was like what two and a half hours long two hours i liked conjuring two a lot actually um i don't remember i had to go back and watch him because the conjuring one i've seen so long ago and i've only seen both of those films once Mm. i would like to go through the conjuring kind of universe because i haven't even seen annabelle or anything like that i've seen the nun unfortunately <laughs> and that movie's getting a resurgence for some reason I, I feel like a lot of the shitty movies are getting resurgences and people are saying the nun is good now but i can't stand the nun personally you know, i think when, that when these movies make their resurgence everyone always says the same thing they weren't that bad or but... no, no no the better one is I think it's time that we all admit now that this movie's a good movie. I'm like, <laughs> that's always the quote that everybody uses. Like, get oh out of here, dude. God. But, um, but yeah. So uh, that was 2016. Pretty solid. Pretty solid year for um for horror. I would say uh, there's been better and there's definitely been worse. But oh, I and think because because Ian's not here, I'll give his shout outs because I oh, have yes. a feeling he would want to shout out Train of Busan. And definitely the, the wailing. The wailing. Yeah. 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 The wailing's a good one. Two movies where they don't speak English. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Ian, baby. Two movies. Close to Ian. Hey, Mike. You little bitch. You little bitch. Um, so today we are discussing uh, a Damon, Damien Leone film. I don't know if uh, if you're watching the video, you can see me aggressively doing air quotes. It's a film, Brendan. Come on. Um, uh, Terrifier. Mm-hmm. Terrifier. Uh, this film had a uh, $35,000 budget, and it looks like it. Um, already, already starting off with the jabs here. Um, One, two, punch, here it comes. <laughs> so... The 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 background of how Art the Art the Clown came to be is a little muddy. Um, so in two thousand and eight, uh, Damien Leone wrote, directed, and produced a short film called The Ninth Circle, which has Art the Clown in it. And then in two thousand and eleven, he wrote, directed, edited, and produced um, a short film called Terrifier, 
which is credited as the first appearance of Art the Clown. Um, so that it's a, a little muddy there. Um, and then the what I guess everyone would consider the second foray of Art the Clown would be uh, 2013's All All Hallows Eve, which I shut off after five minutes because it is fucking terrible. I still want okay. So me watching Terrifier now, which we'll, we'll get into this, but I actually want to go back and watch All Hallows Eve even more now, and for a couple of reasons. For a couple of reasons, <laughs> I love your distaste. I love this. Um, so. It's an anthology movie, right? Yes. I, so that alone makes me want to watch it. I love anthology movies. Anthology movies also work really well for low-budget films <laughs> because they're each uh, story is so short, they don't have to put a lot of like time and money into it. So it, it, it kind of works for low-budget films. But I really want to watch All Hallows' Eve. I might even watch it tonight. I don't know. Oh, all right. Yeah. Already getting the spooky spirit. Already. Um. And then that was uh, All Hallows Eve was followed up by All Hallows Eve 2, where uh, Leon was only credited as a producer. And then in uh, 2016, we get this pile of shit. Um, <laughs> so what is very clear from Damien Leon's uh, oeuvre, I guess you could say, is that he only exists as a conduit to bring this terrible film and terrible iterations of this film uh, out to the masses. Now, I know I'm being harsh. I know I'm being harsh. But hear me out. You don't say, Brennan. I don't care. Um, so, Kyle, yeah. this was your first time viewing Terrifier, correct? It was. Hit me with your time. thoughts. Hold uh, on, wh- where, where'd you walk? Oh. Hear me out, Brennan. I, I really want to get your opinions on this first because I want to set the tone for this episode. <laughs> so just go ahead and... If you don't mind, I know you're hosting. We're flipping the script a little bit. If you can go ahead and give me your thoughts on Terrifier as somebody who's seen this before. Hey man, today we're, to. we're, we're going by uh, European rules here. Whatever goes, goes. Whatever goes. Oh, flipping the script. Um, I despise this movie. I think this is one of the worst films ever made. Um, there have been films before where there is no story to them. Uh, but they can still be done well. Like Napoleon Dynamite, for example, even if I'm not a huge fan of that movie, I can understand the cultural impact that that had for, you know, independent comedies and dramas. Um, It it gave them a a sense of credibility. Uh, This movie has no story. it's, It's just a fucking waste of time. My God, this movie just pisses me off so much there's there's so many things that they could have done to make it interesting rather than uh here we're gonna we're gonna put some uh pretty shitty looking practical effects right here and now it's been two minutes of her sitting behind a car hiding from terrifier or art the clown jesus Christ. also what is that title what is that fucking title terrifier it's not a real word right no it's not it's not a real fucking okay. word okay i'm just checking <laughs> I know my vocabulary is a little I am, but I was just making sure that it's that it's, you know, not a real word. Every time I type that word down, my phone autocorrects it to terrified. The amount Same. of times yeah. that I have had to rewrite the word terrifier makes makes my fucking blood boil. So where did you watch it? I own oh, the and dread- you add it to your collection. It's already in my collection. I own the oh, dread. Man. I own the dread central um, special edition Blu-ray DVD combo. Because um, I, you know, back in 2016, when I was just trying to expand my collection as much as possible, um, sure. I, I liked some of the stuff that Dread was pumping out at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I, from what I remember, the majority of their Blu-ray DVD combos were marked at 24.96 on release. But for some reason, that was 1996. Uh, so I, I, instead of just buying the DVD, I just bought it, and I just never really got rid of it because um, I sure. love the I love the cover of the uh, limited edition or whatever copy I have. The cover yeah. is fantastic. Um, I will keep it in my collection just for whenever I need to get good and pissed off. I'll just put that on. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you own it. So that's I, I do. I own it. You own it. Fair enough, man. Okay. So 
I don't know if I stated earlier that this was the first time I watched it, but it's yes, not. Yeah. Did I say that? I think you did. Okay, <laughs> I've seen this one other time. So okay. I, I misspoke. I don't know why I said that. Um, I don't think this movie's that bad. Okay, there's, so let's look at the positives from my perspective. Okay, first of all, I love when movies take place over one night. I know that's done a lot in horror. It's not, it's not uncommon at all. Um, but I like when movies take place over one night. I think that the design of Art the Clown... The positive is that it's quick. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Took the words right out of my mouth, Brendan. No, uh, Art the Clown, I think, is designed cool. I think he looks cool. I do. And I I think as just a um, trying... I don't know if they were trying to make like a new iconic, uh, you know, horror character but it it looks like they did like i i would put him like if the movie was better like i think he can slowly transition into like an icon if if they get better if they get better um as it stands now i don't think so but um the design is there i disagree with you on the practical effects i think the practical effects are actually pretty good and i think the kills are actually pretty good um down to the gore, obviously the kill that we all know, which I don't know if you want to dive into the kills later, but um, I I think that from start to finish, there wasn't one weak practical kill. I've said it. I've said it. I've said it. And um, I, I do think it was kind of weird when he started uh, capping everybody with a gun. <laughs> Not my favorite part of the movie, but um, what else? The music, the main theme, I hate to give it this much credit, but this movie feels like if Puppet Combo made a film. It's it's very no because they um, would make something good. They would. I see. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I, because Puppet Combo is better. <laughs> puppet Combo is absolutely better. But I'm saying it almost feels like a Puppet Combo movie, like in a sense. But um, I do have some beefs with the movie now that the good things are out of it what, okay so you're right it it doesn't make a lot of sense what the fuck is going on with the crazy cat lady no one knows okay no one knows but what kind of has me on the fence of whether or not i will fully dismiss this movie or not is watching all hollows eve because from what i've learned after watching this film is that there is a lot of origin story points to like his ability to become back from the dead and be reanimated and apparently there's like some subway demons involved and all this kind of shit and that has me intrigued and gives me a little bit of hope because my main concern was this or my main criticism rather with this film was it just didn't make any sense it didn't have any purpose and i not that everything needs to like you said but i just feel like it would have strengthened the movie if there was some kind of direction which i don't think there was really it, everything um, everything was set the camera down the actions happening here there's not a single interesting shot there was no effort no there, there's a couple interesting shots just, i i'm talking about shot composition not like what happens on no i understand oh okay like there there were so many there were so many spots where they could have like thrown in a fucking uh, a split diopter shot or or like a slow zoom in or or a pan in or just something rather than putting the fucking camera down and letting these people act for 25 fucking seconds. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you because the couple times that they did put some effort into it, I got kind of excited. Like just just little things too. Like when he walks into a room and instead of just having the camera set down and pan as he walks into the room they were actually like following him and like walking with him and i was like getting excited on like what this movie could do and like what it could look like and what it could be and it has me excited for two like i'm not like out of this world excited for it but like i am intrigued to see if they like pump this shit up to another level are you uh two and a half hours intrigued it's two and a half hours long Two and a half hours long. Dude, I'm not two and a half hours intrigued into any movie. <laughs> so, I mean, the fact that that's two and a half hours, I don't know, man. That's more of a turnoff, personally, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just like there's, there's such a lack of 
one of the things that really bothers me is the lack of direction. So the the two and a half minute long scene where she's kneeling down next to a car as Art uh, skulks around her, they could have done that in a. They could have spent five minutes rehearsing a single thing for this fucking movie, and they could have done like a nice little oneer or something. But no, everything is so quickly cut and it's so choppy. the The opening scene. Um, after uh uh pizza face gets interviewed uh by that uh redhead woman um when she's sitting in her dressing room having that phone conversation there's 14 cuts in less than a minute 14 cuts you don't need that she's having a phone call do a slow zoom in while she's on the phone call and then when the when the clothes rack behind her shakes or she hears that noise that makes her turn around maybe throw a cut in there it's just it feels like no one wanted to learn a single fucking line for this movie so they just shot everything in like two line intervals yeah i don't think the dialogue was probably intended to be that strong in this film but did you notice that um pizza face in the beginning did you notice that that was actually victoria the girl's sister the the girl from the end that gets her face chewed off yeah yeah, I well, I just connected the dots at the end of the movie that so the beginning is the end essentially, right? Like the, the like the interview. Yes. Well, yeah, like obviously because yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't get the whole point of setting that up too. Well, I guess she's just like traumatized by the whole event and, and also becomes yeah, killer herself. Turning, turning it, that is such a dumb, dumb idea. I sorry, I was burping sorry you're throwing up um, the thought of the movie <laughs> yeah uh it's just it feels for the minuscule amount of character development we get from from the sister there's nothing that that leads any of us to believe that she has that in her sure you can say maybe she's pissed off at the world for art eating her face like a fucking uh a, Pizza, can't th- can't, pizza, 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 pizza. Um, it's just it feels just so out of place. And why take the spotlight off of art? Like, why make a second killer? Like, why? I don't know. And then, like, what? She has to have a purpose in the next one. Then, obviously, right? Like, I hope not. I don't know. Yeah, that was strange. And I, I just on the same topic as the characters, I'm not really too sure what the purpose of the cat lady was. Um, is another body just to be a victim yeah right but like it it seems like they put a lot of like emphasis on her her being there and being like the one to uh, bring light out of art and like uh, the whole baby thing like she's crazy like i i I think that is damien leone's failed attempt at trying to put like a lynchian spin on it lynchian spin you think so Oh, I definitely think so. I think that he thinks very highly of himself. Gotcha. Okay. Um, one of the uh, one of the the things that I, I I wanted to bring up, they missed such a good opportunity. So so this movie uh is is set on, on Long Island. Um, so those are the New Yorkers that we're dealing with here, and when Art comes into the pizza shop, the guy that runs the pizza shop is on the phone with someone. And while he's on the phone, he says, you got to see the shape of this guy that just walked in. So two things. One, he just looks like a fucking clown. <laughs> and it's Halloween night. So that that makes literally no sense. Um, But two, this is a fucking New Yorker. So the fact that this clown walks in and he doesn't say, you got to get a, a um, you got to, Jesus Christ, I lost my spot. So he had to have the accent is what you're saying. Like he sh- well, should have had the accent. No, no, no. The accent, the line should have been, you got to see, you got to see the shape of this clown. clown. That's, a, that's a New York, th- that's a New York thing to say. Like, look at you, you clown. You know, like there's, there's, um, I think they missed a perfect opportunity for a line like that. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a stupid thing to nitpick, I think. But, um, what do you think of the long, shots of art just making faces and being a clown there there's no there's literally no character behind 
the makeup. There, there's I find there's nothing to be scared of because he either has a fucking over-exaggerated smile or a frown. Nothing else. There's nothing scary about him. He looks fucking ridiculous. David Howard Thornton is not a good actor. I mean, he doesn't have any dialogue, so there's very little for him to kind of... But but David Howard Thornton has made it perfectly clear for everyone that he went to mime school, and he channeled his inner mime for this. If I was on the fucking street, and I saw a street performer mime doing his shit, and he was as as much of a hack as 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 Art was, I wouldn't I wouldn't throw a quarter in there. So what you're yeah. saying is you can be a better mime. I didn't go to exactly. I didn't go to mime school, but uh, can you out mime him? <laughs> that that's oh, a visual gag. You guys gotta watch it's a visual this. Gag. You guys gotta watch YouTube. You guys gotta watch YouTube. Um, okay, uh, so let's let's talk about the kills i'm um, specifically the kill that that damien damien leone uh stole from uh stole like a dirty fucking dog from a uh, bone tomahawk oh i i still haven't seen oh, that film spoilers um, beep, beep, no no i'm down it's not really a spoiler um you you think the practicals are bad though right you they're, think the they're practicals not, are they're bad? not they're not bad but if he if they didn't make if they didn't film this under the lowest light possible with uh and put that terrible attempt at 70s film grain over the over the film it would have there looked was so rough grain. yeah it, the, 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 for 35 for a 35,000 dollar budget the practicals are fine um i think that a lot of the uh, specifically the 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 two pizza guys i think that they're um i guess i'll say their their death mask the like the final shot you get after their face is carved up i think that looks really bad um, the the CGI pumpkin uh, jack o' lantern that they put inside the uh, pizza shop also looks terrible. <laughs> I didn't um, even notice it was CG. Yeah. Um, hey, but it has a slow zoom in on that pumpkin, so they got that shot in there, right? They got the slow zoom. Yeah. Um, I I think that the kills are cool. I the dismemberment, like when he chops the guy's hand off, is cool. Um, uh, what's his name at the end? Uh, the guy who was cleaning, like when he gets his head smashed in. Yeah. Obviously, when the girl, her friend, what's her name? Hold on, let me bring it up. When um, when Dawn gets sliced in half, mm-hmm. it's cool looking. I think it. I don't know, man. I I stand by that the the practical effects in this are done pretty well. You know, um, I, I I will say there. There's I just one... wish they weren't so close up all the time. Yeah. Like they were very close up, like all the time, except for that one kill. So um, I liked how at the end there was um, a line referring to the bald guy who's who got his face smashed in. Um, that uh, his teeth are in the back of his throat. I mm-hmm. I, I think that that uh, kind of at, like something like that adds a lot to a movie like this. I think like like the acknowledgement of of what is happening and how how brutal it is um which i i think that kind of brings me back to my this movie is brutal just to be brutal there's no need for this movie there's no story that it's telling there's no overall commentary that it's trying to make it's just mean to be mean so in that sense then don't you think it achieves what it's trying to do if it's not trying to do anything other than be brutal don't you think it achieves that i don't think that's what he was going for but it I, seems like it is. To me, it seems like he's going for a one-night brutal depiction, just a gory movie, just a gory slasher film. But hearing how he and David Howard Thornton talk about this movie in the regard that they hold it in. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I've actually brought this up, I think, once or twice on the cast before. Um, David Howard Thornton and Damien Leone publicly went on to Facebook to say that Scream 5 stole directly from them. Okay. Yeah, that's obnoxious. That's that, obnoxious. Is, that is the fucking regard that these two guys, for a, for a guy that made two short films in The Mummy versus Frankenstein, and for David Howard Thornton for this to be his first fucking movie, like, the amount of balls it takes to try and come after Radio Silence to say that those accomplished filmmakers would go so far as to steal from a trailer 
for a movie that hasn't even been released yet when Scream was probably written and written fucking two years before uh, the trailer for Terrifier 2 came out. It's and it's just so and just to add the context, what they thought that they uh, stole from them was the scene where he's using like the flamethrower or some shit. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and that's not yeah. even in Terrifier. So that's in. It's in, it's in Terrifier Two. Terrifier Art, Two. Art, in the in the trailer for Terrifier Two, Art the Clown uses a flamethrower, and then in Scream Five, um, one of the clips of Stab Eight has Goldface. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah in, who was played by Matthew Lillard? Actually. Um, oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, using a flamethrower, and they had the audacity to think that Radio Silence gave enough about their shitty fucking slasher movie to rip it off. Get the fuck out of here. Fair enough. Anything I else got, you want to cover? I've just been... I, I've, I've been ranting. Is there anything else about this movie you wanted to talk about? We got the soundtrack down, Kills. Um, we kind of went... Over, I, I, I don't think there's too much of a character discussion that we could have for this film. Um... I still will go as far as saying that it has a place in the month of October. If you're looking to watch something scary, watch something violent and just be entertained on the sense of, of kills and gore. Like I, it has a place if you're looking to just watch a really duffed down slasher, I guess you could say, um but yeah no that's that's all i gotta say and it 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 hurts me that the horror community holds art the clown in such a high regard it, it well, why does it hurt you personally well like why uh, because this film is looked at in 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 the the horror community as a film that has a lot uh, people really really dig this movie they think that it's yeah. one of the greatest horror films ever made like like the the terrifier and art the clown stands are some of the worst people in in the genre they will they will literally i this has happened to me before they will attack you online and call you basically everything but a white man so there's just um, a very toxic fan base yes, is what you're yes, saying. Yes, it's a very toxic fan base. And um it, look, have whatever uh whatever political views you want. Um, but David Howard Thornton is the type of and I, I lean very hard left, but David Howard Thornton is the type of ultra left um insane human that he will just fucking attack you and not not just like not like have a political discussion he will just fucking call you names he will be a complete cock to you and then and then he rejoices when people block him they're like yeah i got an, i got another trumper i got i got another libertarian to block me like he's is i just think he's a very shitty person fair enough and and David or Damien, if you're listening to this, these are not the expressed view, uh, the expressed opinions of the Rumination Radio Network. This is me, Brendan Jesus, all by myself. So I, I will take full credit for any hate you have for me. Give it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, should we get into a, a final, final, uh, Final thoughts, T H O T S. Yeah, that ho that. over there. I'm down um, with that. You want me to start? Yeah. All right. Um, I can separate the what do they say? Separate the artist from the, the art. The art from the artist. Art from the artist within certain with which within certain situations. Um. This is one of those things where I don't really know anything about the director or the actor. So I'm. this is coming from somebody who just watches the film and is grading it on what I personally think of the film. Mm -hmm. I, I think that it it can be a fun watch during the month following. I know you hate when I say that. But it could be a fun watch during the month following if you are looking for a film that has good kills. But that's really where it starts and stops. Um 
there's not a lot of um, depth to this film. And I do think the practical effects are really cool and the soundtrack slaps. Um, but that's that's really all the um, the positivity I could really throw it. Um, would I own this in my collection? I'm going to say... Yes, if it's cheap enough. You know, that's 25 bucks you could donate to a homeless person. Uh, but... <laughs> but that homeless person doesn't have a DVD player. Exactly, right? It's a whole thing. Um, I'm, I'm going to give this movie a two and a half. I'm, I'm going to give this movie... I'm going to give this movie two and a half. Okay. No, and heart. Heart. no heart. No heart. Okay. Okay. No heart. Um, uh, this movie is, uh, in the words of uh, Kevin O'Leary, nothing burgers. Um, a few I changed, I'm going to give it a two. I'm going to give it a two. 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 I, I was bouncing in between two and two and a half. I'm two. Two. Okay. No heart. I'm just redoing the uh, round down or up. I mean, it, round up. I'll, I'll give it round up. Round up. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a for an hour and twenty minute long movie. I I don't think that the amount of kills. If there were maybe like ten more kills in it, I think that there would be some at least some value into it. It's just I I can't get behind the filmmakers on this one. I can't get behind this movie. Um, I do own it in my collection. I'll probably keep it. Um, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna stick with my already on Letterboxd rating of uh, half a star. So that brings it to a 1.25, which would round it up to a one and a half stars with no heart. Should we factor in Ian's rating? I'm gonna give this one a five, guys. <laughs> Let's see what he gave it. He, he or he, what do you give it? He gave it a two and a half. He gave it a two and a half. Okay, hold on. Let me uh redo my maths. You know what? But fuck it. He's not here. So what are we giving it? A one and a half. Um, it would it would actually be the same exact score. Uh, cool. If it was with Ian. one and a half, no heart from the ruminations of Red Rum Cast. Um, since there is a spider on my wall, uh, I think this is the perfect time to take a Ruminations of Red Rum official thick piss and spider killing break. I mean, moving the spider outside break. Enjoy this message. Yeah. We'll be right back. Ah, it's a big ass fucking spider. What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Don't you just love when you hit a spider and then you remove the uh, paper towel and the spider's not under it? Ooh, that's probably scarier than that movie we just watched. Hey, and welcome back. <laughs> uh, all right. So since it, oh, let me do the theme song first. Is it fresh? Is it rotten? Is it fresh? I don't know. The snaps are off. Is it rotten? All right. Uh, today, since it will be uh, just the two of us, uh, we will do what we did for the um, Noah's Shark episode, where uh, we have each picked three movies, and the other will guess, and whoever whoever has the most points by the end will get another point. Whoever guessed what? Oh. Funny you ask that. So, how this game is played. If you are listening to this episode and you haven't heard how this game is played, shame on you and go back and listen to our other episodes, man. They're fun. Um, we will be reading off 
rottentomatoes.com the um the summary or the 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 a quick uh little uh tale <laughs> jesus christ i got um, this hold on you ready <laughs> <laughs> fresher rotten the game where my contestants have to guess if a film is fresh or run with only the guidance of me providing a description of the film. Rotten Tomatoes uses a 100-point scale. Any rating 60% or higher is fresh, and anything below is rotten. If we guess fresh or rotten correctly, they move to round two, where they have to guess the percentage that is within 10% of the actual score, and if they are correct, they get awarded a second point. But since it is just Brendan and I, like he said, it'll be us reading three film descriptions each back to back and ass whoever takes ass. it takes it ass to ass correct um why don't you go first Ooh, okay <clears throat> excuse me after carefree teenager jay sleeps with her new boyfriend hugh for the first time she learns that she is the latest recipient of a fatal curse that is passed Fresh. from victim to victim via sexual intercourse. Jay learns death will creep slowly towards her as either a friend or a stranger. Jay's friends don't believe her seemingly paranoid ravings until they too begin to see the phantom assassins and band together to help her flee or defend herself. Is it Fresh or Run? You know, I know critics, this is fresh, but audience, I'm actually not sure. Um, and damn, now that we're using face cam, I can't cheat. Um, we're, not, we're not using uh, face cam. Oh. Um, let's see. I, I'm fairly certain it's fresh. It is, in fact, fresh. Guess the percentage. By the way, this is one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. Oh, really? Yeah, I love this film. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I really, I, really like this movie. I love the the clamshell PDA ebook reader that the one girl has. Yeah, thing's fucking sick. Shit's dope um, as fuck. And I love how there's like no setting for the movie. It just kind of like exists in a year where there's tube TVs and clams. Yeah, it's like a fucking. It's, e it's like a weird fucking alternate universe. I love it. Yeah. I love that. I'm movie sorry. So much. I, I, I'm done. I'm done stalling. Um, I'm going to say 69. Okay. Um, are you keeping track, by the way, of what? the points? Are you keeping track of the points? Wait, uh, uh, no, I, you were breaking up a little bit. Are you keeping track of the points? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, all right, cool. Because I'm not writing anything down, so I just want to make sure. Um, it is, in fact, fresh. So you, you get awarded a point. Brennan, guess the percentage. Or did you already guess that? Uh, 69. That's right. That is correct. You get awarded a second point. It is rated at 66% oh. with 25,000 plus ratings. Genre, horror, mystery, and thriller. Directed by, by David Robert Mitchell. It is the 2014 film It Follows. His highest rated film is, in fact, It Follows at a critic score of 95%. I love that. All right. All right, Texas, shoot. All right, sorry, I was reading my notes. Um, okay. Oh, talking to the mic. Okay. Devastated by the loss of their unborn baby, Kate and John decide to adopt a child. At the orphanage, both feel drawn to a little girl named Esther, and soon the couple take their new daughter home. But when a dangerous series of events unfold, Kate begins to suspect that there may be that there is something evil lurking behind the child's angelic exterior. Genre, horror, mystery, thriller. So I haven't seen it, but I know that people like it. Um, I'm going to go with Fresh. The critics may say it's rotten, but the audience says it's fresh. Guess the percentage. I'm going to go with 75 That is incorrect. It is 63. Oh, it is two, two, It is 2009's Orphan. Okay, uh, so not as high as I thought. 
people thought of it. Uh, directed by Jaume Colette Serra, uh, produced by Leonardo DiCaprio. Is that real? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he has a producer's credit on the second one. Interesting. Um, so, huh. I want to yeah. know the story behind that. Um, so, at the end of round one, we are sitting at Brendan two, Kyle one. Number two, a trio of eager and excited college student filmmakers venture into the woods to make a documentary about the legendary Blair Thumb. Naturally, they get hopelessly lost and find themselves in considerable jeopardy. Is it fresh or rotten? Rotten. That is incorrect. It is, in fact, fresh at 66%. With 5,000-plus ratings, genre horror comedy, directed by Steve Oderkirk. It is the 2001 film The Blair Thumb. His highest-rated film is Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, 2001, at 74%. He also directed... Ace Ventura Kung 2 Pao. and Kung Pao enter the fist. Wow, I did not know that that movie was uh, held in such a high regard. The Blair Thumb, man. Get on it. Um, all right, number two. A monstrous storm devastates Los Angeles, leaving the streets flooded and infested with sharks. Uh, genre, action, mystery, thriller, horror. <laughs> There's like 17 genres. Um, I'm going to go with Rotten. Well, the critics may say fresh. The audience says rotten, which I cannot believe that this is a critically... I can't uh, either. Just yeah. off the, the description, I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, okay. Guess the percentage. Man, we're tied now, 2-2. Two, two. Um, I'm going to guess... It's got to be low, though, you know? I'm going to guess 70%. I thought you said rotten. Oh, I did say rotten. I'm going to guess... <laughs> I'm going to guess 50%. Close, but no cigar. This is 2013's Sharknado. Uh, critics, 74%. Audiences, 33 God damn. I thought that was a good guess to you because it would have been anywhere between 40 to 60. I, I can't I believe that this has a 74 critics. That's Yeah, but how many, how many critics? 19. Yeah, it's not that much. But still, yeah, no, you're right. Number three. After waking up in an apartment the night after a raging party, Sam comes face to face with his new reality. An army of zombies has invaded the streets of Paris, and he is one of the lone survivors. Petrified with fear, he barricades himself inside the building to survive. He wonders how long he can last in silence and solitude, and the answer comes when he learns that he's not alone, after all. Fresh or rotten? I truly do not know what this movie is. I feel like I do, but... I'm going to say rotten. It is, in fact, rotten. Guess the percentage. I'm going to go 42. Just misses it. Ah. It is at 55% with 250 plus ratings. Genre, I forgot to tell you, Hori. Horror, horror <laughs> mystery and thriller directed by Dominique Rocher. It is the 2018 film The Night Eats the World. Their highest rated film is The Night Eats the World at 87% with critics. It's rated pretty high with critics. I actually really enjoy this movie. Oh. I think it is a fabulous zombie film uh, that's not um, like a traditional zombie film. And I highly recommend it for anybody who's into horror slash drama. I don't know if I would say it's mystery so much. I mean, I guess there's some parts of it that are mystery. But um, it's 100% recommend from Kyle. Definitely. The Night Eats the World. Go watch it. 
Good. I will add that to my list. Um, okay, let me see. Okay. So, uh, all right. <clears throat> a heartbroken man finds himself trapped in a bathroom with a strange voice who says he may be the only hope in stopping a terrible event. Genre, genre <laughs> horror, mystery, and thriller. Can and you if, repeat the third wait, word? What? Can you repeat the third word? Man. Ooh, okay. And I'll, I'll give you a hint. I talked about this movie, uh, on the martyrs episode Fuck. okay because the because the description so short read it one more time okay um a heartbroken man finds himself trapped in a bathroom with a strange voice who says he may be the only hope in stopping a terrible event fresh You are incorrect. It is 2022's Glorious, uh, sitting at a 86 with critics and a 56 with audiences. Right on the cusp. Right on yeah, the cusp. Right on the cusp. Okay. okay. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Nice. I'll check it out. I'll add it to the old watch list. So that ends this game with Brendan at three and Kyle at two. So what's the overall score now? Uh, three to two. No, I mean like, oh, do you not have the uh, like the I overall? Oh shit! Well, it's like Brendan twenty five, <laughs> Ian six, and like me two or something. But we'll have the updated answers next week. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on this ride, which was me ranting for however long that was um but this has been another episode of ruminations of red rum the teeth smashed into the back of the throat of the ruminations radio network i have been your host brendan the new blood aka fart the clown mm-hmm. and with me has been kyle with a k i don't have anything clever to say so Stay spooky, folks.